0: Damon Martin MMA Fighting here with the great Ben Askren. Ben, how is everything? You're in Milwaukee, right?
1: Uh, outside Milwaukee, yeah. I'm, I'm great. I'm busy. Um, actually, my, my next couple days should be pretty easy, but my Monday and Tuesday, we're really busy.
0: Yeah. How is the uh, How is the family and everyone dealing with the, uh, the quarantine, the lockdown, the COVID stuff up there? How are you guys doing?
1: Well, we haven't been locked down for quite a while here in Wisconsin. I think it was May 13th that we got uh, unlocked down. Uh I we opened the wrestling academies back up on June 1st. So uh to this point it's been
0: going pretty well. How are the uh, how are the wrestling academies doing, you know, with everything kind of opening back up? So no wrestling's kind of in a weird place with everything that happened with COVID with kind of everything being canceled.
1: Yeah, we're actually busier than ever. Pretty wild. It's good to
0: hear. Good to hear. So obviously, Ben, always good to catch up with you. Lots to talk about. And I want to start here because one one of the reasons I reached out to you originally was to talk to you about all the conversations we've been having recently about fighter pay. But then this last weekend, you put out a tweet that kind of blew up when uh, Mike Perry (laughs) talked about his taxes. And it's funny, like, I know that sounds like such a deep in the woods conversation for fans, but it is kind of fascinating when you hear a fighter so bluntly talk about uh, basically he, he, he owes taxes or he hasn't paid taxes and uh and it is a real thing i think fighters need to think about absolutely
1: i'm actually i think i'm gonna try to do a podcast uh tomorrow with some type of cpa i reached I, you know, I put it out on my twitter and i had a handful of really good responses um so i think i'm gonna put it out um that way and um I I think it'll be interesting because, you know, there's honestly, I'm I'm fairly well educated, but obviously there's, uh, um, you know, there are uh, a whole bunch of questions that I don't know even to this day. Most of the questions I've had, I feel like I've gotten answered over the course of time, but there's still a lot of, um, I think, gray area.
0: Yeah, we heard it a few years ago, Cowboy Cerrone brought it up, I want to say like four or five years ago he did a post-fight press conference, I was there, I can't remember what fight it was, but he talked about it where he said that he was basically going to take his bonus and pay off taxes, and it's just like, one of those things where obviously we all pay tax. I pay taxes, you pay taxes, we all pay taxes, but it's kind of weird, like, that situation has come up several times with fighters, and I feel like it probably has come up more privately than what we're hearing publicly. Well, I mean, the problem with fighters
1: is, and I know this happened to me the first year I paid taxes, and I was not a fighter. I was a wrestler. As in wrestling camps, it was like, um, you know, I didn't pay I didn't pay the uh, estimated taxes quarterly. And so when it was time for my year-end bill, I was like, holy shit, I owe how much? <laughs> you know? And obviously I wasn't making huge sums of money at that time. I made a decent amount that year. And so these fighters are making way more not literally nothing is deducted from, from their purse. You know, when they get a, when they get a, they make 50 grand, they make 50 grand there's nothing deducted from their purse. And so, you know, I'm sure some of these guys who have no idea about the taxes they need to pay, they go ahead and spend that 50 K. Um, and then, you know, little do they know, they probably owe, you know, somewhere between 15 and $20,000 of taxes, but depending on your state and your income level, um, you know, obviously, and then independent contractors pay more in taxes because they pay both sides of the uh, what's it called? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do know,
0: Stubby. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, both sides of the 14, I think it's 14.2%. You know, when you're employed, your employer pays half of that. Um, but if you're an independent contract, you pay both sides of that on the first $120,000 or so. And so, you know, you're talking about, 7% of 120000 that's like an extra $9,000 in taxes you're paying um, that normal people don't pay.
0: Yeah, and fighters get paid in one lump sum. So if you're getting, let's say, two fights a year, that's you know two two to three yeah. fights a year is average, and you get a fifty thousand dollar paycheck once, and you get a second fifty thousand dollar paycheck. You know, maybe you're feeling good. I made a hundred grand. That's not bad money. But when you start taking out taxes, or you haven't taken out taxes, and it, and that and that bill comes in April or in this case July, it adds up quickly, man. And you and you don't realize like how much you're gonna owe if you don't actually take it out right away. Yeah, especially you know,
1: you well, obviously, if you're in a lower income tax bracket, say one year, you know, you maybe you make forty thousand dollars, right? You're in a very low income tax bracket, and you probably have a, a lot of write offs to cover that. But then, say next year, you get a new contract, or maybe you get a knock on the night bonus, and you make one fifty instead of the thirty that you made the year previous. Well, damn, that's gonna be a whole lot of taxes because you're in a whole new income bracket now.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So let me ask you, Ben. As a guy who has been always a person, I've taken. I remember one of the first times I met you. You know, we we talked about after the Olympics. Like you were a guy who always seemed to kind of have your your head in in the business aspect of your career. Obviously, it was always about accomplishing great things and doing great things with your athletic career, but. You, were, you understood there was a business side of it. What is the best advice you could offer to fighters in these situations? Because, I, again, I feel like there's going to be more of these coming up or guys who haven't talked about it publicly, but I guarantee you there are yeah. guys who are, who are dealing with the um, same thing.
1: Yeah, John Jones had a tax lien on him. Cerrone had a tax lien on them. There's been uh, James Tony had a tax lien on him, but it's not totally new. Um, I think Mayweather had a tax lien on him even at one point
0: in time. I think so. Uh,
1: I, th- I think he did. So, yeah, this is not a brand new thing whatsoever. Um, I would say that, you know, just hire people who actually have the best financial interest in mind. Um, and that, you know, that's That's kind of hard to find sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And at obviously, the- I think you have to have at least a basic amount of information yourself so you don't get taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. At worst, find yourself a good accountant. That's like, at the very worst, find yourself a good accountant. Yeah, but then you gotta be able to trust him,
1: right? Yeah, that's Maybe true. All the stories about Mike Tyson when he was in his prime and how you know he had really bad handlers that that took enormous sums of his money.
0: Yeah, we talked about fighter pay, and that was one of the other conversations I want to talk to you about because right now we're having a big conversation about that. And I talked to Curtis Blades a couple of days ago, and we were talking about what guys like you know like a Dan Hooker made. First right with Justin Porter. and I think he made one hundred and ten thousand. I don't want to misquote. I think it's right around that. And and Curtis was like, yeah. but when you thought, when you take out taxes, you take out uh, trainer fees, you take out gym fees, you take out manager fees, all those things. Like you may make six or seventy grand. All and then the, again taxes, things like that. Like I think when the conversation comes down to fighter pay, we also got to think about all the things you're paying out on top of what you're actually getting paid or what we see publicly.
1: Yeah, I mean I, that that's definitely. An- but so I, you know, I see it multiple ways. I see it as, hey, if you're a fighter, you, you should know these things and you should know what you're getting into and you should know that, listen, there's only a really, really small, very small percentage who make a decent living off their fighting. Um, and there's a whole bunch of people who are at the poverty line, even guys who make it to the USP. A lot of them are at the poverty line. Um, and so, you know, 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 have that in mind. Now, that, now, there's a separate conversation to be had about should fighters be paid more, right? And um, for that, I, I think, right, unless everyone collectively bargains, that's probably not going to happen because, you no, know, Dana doesn't want to be paying money. That he doesn't have to be paying. And the only way a collective sometimes collective bargaining would happen would be if a whole bunch of very large-name fighters could, you know, sit out together for an extended period of time, which we're kind of seeing a few people do that. But then it's like, how long can they actually last, right? Can they last 12 months? Can they last 18 months? Because most fighters, like we're talking about fighters don't attacked, How many fighters have an, uh, a 12 to 18 month reserve where they could just sit out and not worry about it? You know, I mean, and the answer to that is probably very, very few, even on the high end.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of people have talked about, you know, uh, George Masvidal and, and John Jones too, kind of high profile guys bringing it up. But we've seen this before. There have been high profile guys, you know, complain about pay and and bring it up publicly, and, and eventually, you know, maybe they do get whatever they're happy with, and then they kind of go away. And the, that's that's kind of the problem with the fighter union or the collective bargaining thing is, you know, if you know those bigger name guys are, are the guys who have to, you know, kind of step up. And and take their and take that place, but we just haven't seen it, and I don't know that it'll ever happen. To be honest with you, yeah, because at the end of the day, you care most about yourself, right? That's that's just human nature is that
1: you just care most about yourself. And so if you know if you actually have the much power, here's the deal: Dana's probably gonna give you what you want, so you shut the hell up, and that way you don't have to worry about everybody else, you know. So it would take someone like a Connor and a John Jones and a few other people. And if Dana gives those guys what they want, do they really, really genuinely care enough about other people to sit out? Because they're the only ones that can force UFC's hand. They're, they're literally it.
0: Yeah. And as you said, there's a handful of guys, you know, Con- Connor and a few others who could legitimately, you know, quit today and live the rest of their lives off what they already have in the bank. And we've got to be honest about that. Connor, Connor
1: talked about how wealthy he is, but I don't know that that's even the truth. I mean, we thought about a guy like Floyd Mayweather, who made way more money than Connor did. Is Connor really that smart with his money? I mean, that's, the, that's what he tries to put out there, but I don't know. Maybe it's the truth. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure
0: yeah well there and like i said there's a you know because i i think across the board i think we can agree that fighters are generally underpaid based on the revenue we're seeing from the ufc and other organizations or at least the ufc i won't speak for bellator or any other organization but we know what the ufc at least publicly has been disclosed of what they've made in revenue and obviously the fighters are not getting a huge percentage of that so i think there is a gripe to be made there but will what's happening right now fundamentally change the sport i just don't think it will
1: yeah, I don't think so. I think there's going to have to be uh, you know, a bunch of people who get together on it, and I don't think we're all that close to that.
0: Yeah, I think we're in a space now where it's like what happened with, with Masvidal. He, t- he, he didn't want to take the Usman fight for less money, and I'm not faulting Gilbert Burns for taking the opportunity. I'm sure what Gilbert Burns is getting paid is probably a lot of money to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably well, like, wow. A lot he- of money
1: for Gilbert Burns because Gilbert Burns was making like 60 and 60 last year.
0: Yeah, so like he stepped right. up, he stepped up and took it, and there you go, right there. Masvidal didn't get it. Burn steps right in.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that I was talking about with, you know, people say, especially on the lower end of UFC fighters, like how many professional mixed martial artists are around the country right now that would love to earn ten and ten and have a UFC tag next to their name? And the answer is of thousands. Literally, there are thousands. So on the low end those guys will never have negotiating power against the UFC because they can very, very easily be replaced.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you and your career, again, you were very smart. You had businesses outside the UFC. I mean, how did you balance that? Because obviously you wanted to achieve your goals, but you also wanted to get paid for what you were worth.
1: Well, and you, but I, and I think as, as an adult, you all also have to look up for your future because otherwise you get caught in this trap where you can literally never leave, right? Because if you're used to making X amounts, uh say two hundred thousand dollars a fight, and that's you know that's the, the guy who's getting paid very well. They so usually make two hundred thousand dollars a fight, and they have no external income, right? They don't develop any skills, um, and they step away from that two hundred thousand dollars a fight, which is say let's say it's resulting in half a million dollars a year, and they get used to living on half a million dollars a year, and they don't save up and say, hey, I you know like I gave myself um, a three to five year window, right, a runway where I can grow my businesses and everything else, but to where I could live very comfortably without having to tighten the belt, you know? Yeah. And so give yourself a runway and have other things that you're doing. And, you know, that, and that's kind of how I got, how they, I think they have to think about it. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I made probably close to a million dollars last year when you include everything. I'm not going to make that anytime soon, but you know, I feel like I made the right investments and I saved enough of it to where I have a, a runway where I'm being pretty good living and I'm going to continue to develop my business and grow other things I'm doing as well.
0: Yeah, and and, and investing wisely in other things because you see it now, you know, like I talked to Daniel Cormier and he said, you know, the reason I can walk away is because, you know, I do have other things going on. I have other things in my life to keep my attention, but I also other things to pay me and make money. And obviously, there's only so many UFC commentary jobs out there, but there's other avenues. I know you're big into cryptocurrency. Like, that, so like whatever it is, find something to invest your money in because, again, fighting can't last forever. But unfortunately, and you know this as well as I do, Ben, that the amount of guys who retire and come back, it, it, it's a huge list of guys who don't stay yeah. retired in the sport.
1: Do not, yeah, I mean, and so not not just investments, but literally find other skills because even if you have enough money, you're going to need to do something or you're going to be bored as shit, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, find Literally find another skill, find another job you want to do, find a hobby, find a, something you're passionate about and, and use your notoriety that you have while you're fighting to to help develop that that business or that hobby or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. But when you look at a guy like George, you look at a guy like John Jones, like as a guy from the outside looking in, but also as a guy who's been there, do you believe in your head like yes they are underpaid right now and they have a, a valid gripe for why they're they're upset? Um
1: George is the, George would be more debatable, right? I mean yes he did get very popular because of our fight. Um, and I mean, but his pay bump. And so I don't know his contract. I don't know what his contract says. He got a gigantic pay bump. I mean, like we're talking two thousand percent from from my fight versus him to the next one, which is an idea's fight, right? I think he made two million dollars for that fight or something. Which is, I want to say, he made around two hundred thousand dollars for our fight, so somewhere in that in that avenue. And so, you know, that would be one where it's like, can he be sustainable? Be a sustainable sustainable star for them? And that is, I I don't know. John Jones obviously has been a star for a long time. I I don't have any idea what John Jones is really getting paid, so I don't want to comment on whether he's underpaid or not. So I don't know what it is. Obviously, he's standing out for a reason. So he fe- John Jones feels as though he's underpaid, but without knowing actually what he's getting paid, I'm not going to go ahead and say he's underpaid. Cause I have no idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing because like I said, I think everyone would like to make more money, but will will as, as I keep going back to this, will it fundamentally change? I don't know that it ever will. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, Ben, I was watching uh, your podcast the other day, and I saw I mentioned the cryptocurrency thing. You had uh, Ben Mesrick on, man. I'm such a huge fan of his. I didn't know you had him on. I saw him the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Ben Mesrick is such a smart dude. He wrote for the show Billions this year, which is a show I love, and I saw he was on your podcast, yeah, so that I brought, was really cool. Yeah, I
1: mean, so I, I, I kinda, I, so I read his book, Bitcoin Billionaires, and I had also known that he obviously wrote The, the Social Network, I'm sorry, that was the name of the movie. Um, The name of the book was Actually, No Billionaires. So I knew he did those two. I totally didn't even realize that he had written the book, Bringing Down the House, which was then made into the movie 21, which that inspired me to count cards. So it was like all these things. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a huge (laughs) fan of this guy. Um, Yeah, and then we got to interview him, and we talked about Billions, which is a show I watch. And, man, he he was awesome. He told some really great stories. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's been fun doing the Funky Crypto podcast. We've been able to attract a whole bunch of big names and just really, really fascinating, smart, interesting personalities that we, you know, we get to talk to every week. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that. When you get done with fighting, you got to find other things to do. And I feel like you're busier now, or as busy now as you ever were during your fight career. I,
1: I feel like I, you know, I'm putting all my effort into uh, you know social media, media, and business stuff. Um, whereas, you know, before I was more about training and that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. Last thing before I get you out here, Ben, uh, I know, I think I saw on Twitter, you answered somebody, maybe it was a few weeks ago, about your hip surgery. Are you still doing that this year? I know everything's kind of been thrown off with the whole COVID thing. Are you still doing that this year? I'm
1: um, doing mean, September 1st.
0: <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Well, Ben, I always appreciate yeah, you taking... The- I'm
1: it in Ohio, too. I'm doing in
0: Cleveland. Oh, you are. Okay. Is it uh, uh, Oh, uh, very cool. Very cool. Well, I uh Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I know that's uh, – I've been there before. It's a great I'm not I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but I know it's a, a great facility. Obviously, a huge place. I went up there with the uh the UFC a few years ago when they were doing their um concussion study up there. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, cool. Very cool. Well, Ben, I always appreciate the time and glad you're doing well. Always appreciate you taking the time to catch up, man. And uh, like I said, glad you and the family are doing well with all the craziness going on. And uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon.
1: Yep. Have a great day, Damon. Thank all right. you.
0: All right, Ben. Talk to you soon, buddy. Peace.